From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. He provides a roundup of what you need to know this midterm election year. Here's our latest conversation. Hi, J.R. It's great to have you on Capital Notes. Oh, thanks for having me. I guess the theme of the past week has been lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. Um, (laughs) When it comes to lawsuits filed this past week, we've got everything from Wisconsin GOP Assembly Speaker Robin Voss challenging a congressional subpoena to a group trying to bar election clerks from throwing out ballots with witness information left off of it. Can you give us like the breakdown of these lawsuits? Well, there are a couple different baskets of them, right? One is the Robin Voss lawsuit which is unique because I've never seen, one, a legislative leader in Wisconsin be subpoenaed by a House committee, or two, a lawsuit filed in district court in Wisconsin trying to quash that subpoena. So the House Select Committee, looking at the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol, wants to interview Voss about his July 2022 conversation with Donald Trump, in which a former president sought to pressure Voss to try to overturn the 2020 election, Voss has said repeatedly that can't happen, but Trump is pressuring him in light of a state Supreme Court decision that ruled going forward from that moment. Drop boxes were legal for absentee ballots, um, did not apply retroactively, but still Trump tried to cite that as a reason to overturn the election results. Uh, then you had the House committee issuing the subpoena on a Saturday to try and get Voss testify on a Monday. He quickly went to federal court, and now we'll find out, one, does a federal judge in Milwaukee have standing to decide this controversy, and two, does Voss have a legitimate argument when he says that that conversation was outside the purview of the House committee's work on the 2021 attack on the Capitol, and two, he has legislative immunity that prevents him from asking him about that conversation. So we have that. Then we have conversation or lawsuits about absentee ballots. Uh, one, you mentioned uh, kind of a dem-leaning group filing a lawsuit saying, hey, we need to have an order to clarify um, that clerks, what they can accept on an absentee ballot envelope for witnesses, right, for their address. So recall, um, the Elections Commission in 2016 had laid down a definition of what an address is. That guidance was part of an overall package that also talked about curing absentee ballot envelopes uh, for witnesses, saying that clerks could go back in, and if they had available information at their fingertips, they could fill in missing things like a zip code or a municipality for an absentee ballot witness, you know, they have to sign the ballot to witness that there was cast by the elector for it sent in. Um, that guidance had to be rescinded because a Waukesha County judge said you cannot cure ballots as clerks. Only the voter can do that. So Elections Commission says, hey, our definition of an address still exists, but guidance doesn't carry the weight of law. This lawsuit says there's a potential for different standards to be applied in different communities. Therefore, they want a Dane County judge to issue an order saying that if you leave off your zip code, for example, as a witness, uh, then that ballot will still be counted. Remember, there's nothing about the ballot itself. It's about the envelope the ballot comes in. Then we had another lawsuit filed seeking to say, if you are somebody who cast your ballot absentee, you can't go to their clerk and say, hey, I want to change my mind. I cast my ballot for candidate X a couple weeks ago, and I want you to spoil that ballot so I can vote for candidate Y. They want an order saying that can't happen anymore. So that lawsuit, then we have open records lawsuits, <laughs> then we have this lawsuit against the Milwaukee over Milwaukee Votes 2022. Now I will tell you that when I became a Capitol reporter 22 and a half years ago, I never thought I'd spend so much time in court or reading briefs as I do now. But 
That said, it's a very litigious society we live in today, and that counts for politics, too. Let's talk about specifically the lawsuit that the state Republican Party filed challenging Milwaukee's involvement with Milwaukee Votes 2022. Can you give us the backstory just on that? Sure. So this is a privately funded effort by groups seeking to get people to vote. Now, they have argued that the city is not funding it, but Cavalier Johnson, the mayor, made this kind of announcement in you know a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, you know, we support this effort and there's going to be a widget on our website to direct people to it, you know, so they can kind of help. And officials went, whoa, 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 what's going on? You know, you guys are, you know, public officials. Should you be doing it? Is there some kind of inappropriate about this? Especially because a firm involved with the groups, the firm is not, by the way, running the effort. It is just helping the groups who are doing the GOTV effort, uh, is headed by a former Democratic operative. So that was a red flag for Republicans. Then they followed open records requests. Those documents came back and they found out that a a uh, Democratic operative, a different one, who's been a longtime advisor to Cavalier Johnson, was coordinating a message with his city staff on how to respond to these media requests. Another red flag for them. Now, I don't know if there's anything illegal going on. City officials say there is not, that they're not funding this, they're not receiving private funds, that you know they're not doing anything appropriate. It's just an interesting look, to argue a bad look, to have an operative, a political operative, coordinating or advising the mayor on what to say about official business. Now, this opera has been a long time, again, advisor to Johnson that you know, may be entirely appropriate, but it's given Republicans fodder to file this lawsuit. And remember, Republicans are still upset about 2020. There was this group called the Center for Tech and Civic Life, I think it was, that was funded largely by Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook founder. He poured millions of dollars into this group to help give grants to communities across the country, to help pay for the cost of put in an election during a pandemic. The rub for Republicans is, I feel like that, that money went disproportionately to Democratic-leaning cities and helped drive Dem turnout in the presidential election. They see hints of that in what's going on here. Again, I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not going to tell you if there is or is not, but we will soon find out in court possibly that something inappropriate happened in this entire effort. And if nothing else, it's giving Republicans fodder to gin back up their base about an issue that that base really cares about, the private money for election costs. You know, but I know you said you're not you're not necessarily going to address the legal issues, but they're claiming that mo- this Milwaukee votes violates state law. You know, they, they're sort of citing a law that says that public employees are prohibited from using public funds to achieve partisan objectives, but that's not what's happening here. See, and that's their argument is that, that they're basically getting at a partisan objective of what they're doing because, again, it's largely would be focused on turning out Milwaukee, which is, you know, leans Democrat by good good chunk, right? So that's the argument. Yes, I, I'm not going to weigh in. I, I can't weigh in on whether that's legal or not because I'm not a lawyer. I'm not as well-versed enough in the statutes to say what, what the line is. A judge will decide that possibly to this lawsuit. What's interesting to me about this suit is not just that the, the Republican Party wants a prohibition on Milwaukee officials participating in it. They want to ban this effort, period. I don't know if that's possible, for a judge to tell a private collection, a collection of private groups, you can't do this, but they're trying to say that this should be shut down by a judge and not be allowed to go forward. And is there a difference between an effort to drive up voter turnout overall in a Democratic-leaning area and an effort that sort of asks people to vote for Democrats or just targets left-leaning voters? That's a great question because, you know, the, the people who are doing this effort are saying, look, it's nonpartisan. We want everybody to vote. 
But if everybody in Milwaukee votes, it's good for Democrats. That's just a, a math game. Look at the city. It overwhelmingly favors Democrats. So when you're driving up turnout in a nonpartisan way in a very Democratic city, it's going to help Democrats. And that's part of the rub for Republicans. Again, that, that fear of, okay, is something inappropriate going on here? And let's be honest, politically, it's better for Republicans to have low turnout in Milwaukee because there are more Democrats in Milwaukee than there are Republicans. Thanks for the rundown, JR, and thanks for joining me on Capital Notes. Anytime. That was JR Ross of WISPolitics.com speaking with me, WUWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments every Monday with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capital Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 